So, swath it August 21st, combine October the 4th. Oh my gosh, that's hardcore harsh. Good day and welcome to Wheat Pete's Word here on realagriculture.com for Wednesday, October the 9th on this episode of The Word. No frost. Yes, areas where we've frozen right below the cob in the corn crop. Maybe not as bad as you think. We will talk about that in a bit. We have harvest updates. We have to talk about does corn actually have to dent? We need to touch briefly on Dawn vomitoxin, but Dawn in the corn crop. Then we have wheat. We're going to talk plots. We're going to talk cover crops. And we're going to finish up at the end with when should you apply that manure. All right, let's go. Just before I get into everything, I have to say a huge, unbelievably huge thank you to the directors and in particular the drill committee of Middlesex Soil and Crop Improvement Association. Shane and Johnson in the research program have a brand spanking new 1590 drill all decked out, ready to go, liquid fertilizer, dry fertilizer. The research will move on. The old drill was pretty well pooched. I cannot believe how many volunteer hours and how much effort all of those directors put in to keep us going. Huge thanks to all of them. And also, thanks to Precision Planting, we are all decked out with Cedar Force. So really looking forward to learning what kind of yield increases we might be able to do if we get better placement, better seed depth in that soil. So just wanted to pass that on. All right, let's go. Yes, frost, man, it just drive you crazy, but it did freeze below the cob. So eastern Ontario, there's some, particularly up in Renfrew, those more northerly areas, of course. Also, the Dundalk Highlands, we've frozen below the shank, below the cob. So in isolated areas, it's bad news. However, those areas I think are fairly small for a lot of us. It's probably not as bad as you think. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. Meanwhile, we're into harvest. Yes, baby. Soybean harvest, edible bean harvest, silage harvest. Things are just rocking and rolling. We finally have a break in the weather. But I do want to just mention, what is with these soybeans? Man, a new to me 9500, I hate to report that after, what is it? I don't know, since 1985, I have owned a white 8700 combine. It served me well, finally lost the drive bearing out of the main main shaft and just isn't worth fixing anymore. So, a new to me 9500 John Deere combine. Oh, you couldn't be more excited. Out there yesterday trying to combine soybeans. First sample we take, 16%. Ah, oh, can't pay that much dry and it's a good week. We can wait a, a day or wait for a little bit. Chain turned the hammers, was not happy with the residue spread. Remember, this is one of the things about harvest we have to get better at. And as I drive the countryside, I'm not seeing it. But I, we turned the hammers to try to get more even residue spread. Only has a 22-foot head on it. Doing a decent job now. Still not perfect. But from 1 o'clock till 3 o'clock, we go from 16%, take a sample in, 14.3 moisture. Give it, baby. Going to be under 14 by the time we deliver that first load. Dang, first load, 14.7, shoot, drying charges, dog on it, keep running though, next load, and so th- an hour or an hour and a half in between from 14.7, 
13.2. The next load were at 12.9. So I'm used to wheat dropping moistures incredibly rapidly. But soybeans, come on, they shouldn't change that fast. That's just the way it goes. And so at 12.9, of course, now I'm not paying dry in. But I am losing money because I'm below 13, which is dry for soybeans. And as you go below 13, you actually lose more from a weight standpoint that you would think. And that does hurt your pocketbook. So talk about a narrow window to hit it just perfect. Meanwhile, we can whine as we like about the frost and moisture in the soil and being not really fit to plant wheat in some cases. Lots of growers telling me they have to tickle the ground to get it to dry out. It's okay to drive the combine, get the beans off, but man, it's just not quite right to plant wheat. In fact, one grower saying the drill was actually plugging up. It was just that damp. Touch it, open it up, and it drills just fine. So if that's what you have to do, as much as I'm a no-till guy, that's what you have to do. But we have no issues whatsoever compared to Western Canada. Oh my gosh. Alberta broke all the records since 1884. Yes, I said 18. 1884 for snowfall last week. That's unbelievable. Ron tweeted out, he swathed canola August the 21st, he finally was able to get back in the field and start to combine that, fighting mud like crazy on October the 4th. So, swath it August 21st, combine October the 4th. Oh my gosh, that's hardcore harsh. Meanwhile, it was 13.5% moisture. Canola, of course, we want it down to 10.5 or 10%. And it's really, you think it's tough to pull air through wheat. I mean, corn. Corn and soybeans are easy, and it takes a, a lot more air to pull it through wheat, while canola is just that much worse again. So trying to dry that crop without a dryer at 13%, that's really tough. However, there's more snow in the forecast for Western Canada. Alberta, only 34% harvested. Saskatchewan at 50%, Manitoba at 70%. They are having a tough go, fighting mud, and just just no fun. It makes what we are uh, actually trying to do pretty doggone simple. Okay, just before I get into the whole corn thing, I do want to mention, so there's a few callers that call back in and, and continue to ask about topics. Please do that. Right now, we are in season. I am dealing with the most time-sensitive topics. So for example, sulfur, lowering pH, I've said I would talk about that and I will, but probably not until we get out of season or until I have enough time to do a decent job. Please continue to ask those questions and remind me when I do not cover them because as Poor as my notes are, I just might absolutely forget moving forward. And I keep the feedback coming. It's absolutely awesome. But keep those other topics coming, even if I don't address them. And just remind me from time to time, hey, Johnson, you haven't answered that one yet. How about doing that sometime in the near, very near future? All right, let's talk about corn. And Paul, my good friend Paul from Eastern Ontario, tweeting out, so you wondered why the corn moved so slowly in September. His weather records, 17. 15 days less than 8 degrees Celsius nighttime temperature in September, 6 below 4. And of course, we know that as those temperatures drop, then the corn crop, crop simply slows down very, very significantly. Meanwhile, another caller saying, hey Peter, so you talk about these low nighttime temperatures. Gosh, our corn's still moving. The milk line's still coming down. The, the corn crop's starting to dry up. Well, as you get further into that maturation process, 
then stock translocation can still occur. So these low nighttime temperatures in that work that Thijs Tolernard did on that, it was photosynthesis. And when we get those cold temperatures, yep, photosynthesis, we probably do lose something. I'm not sure in the new hybrids exactly what that is. We don't have that data. But those low night temperatures, they slow down translocation out of the stock as well. So Paul's right. We moved slowly in September, more slowly than we would have liked, particularly in those areas where you got less than four degrees Celsius at night. That's all bad. But things still did move for sure. And in many cases, at least in southwestern Ontario, the amount of dry matter accumulation in September, as Nick pointed out last week, we were 40 heat units ahead. We powered a lot of starch, a lot of dry matter accumulation into that plant throughout September. And a lot of that probably was just translocation out of the stock, continuing to put it into the kernel and move that milk line forward, move that maturation pro uh, process forward. From the whole frost standpoint, don't worry if you've lost just the top few leaves. It really, where you really get nailed is if the shank is damaged. So my good friend Gilles Cannell from Eastern Ontario tweeted out an excellent picture. Slice open the shank. If that shank is not firm and white, if it's gone water soaked and a little bit off in color, then everything is done. That's it. You can't get more translocation. Whatever you have is what you have and you're just going to have to wait for it or figure out another use for that crop. However, as long as that shank is still nice and firm and white, you can get translocation. You can lose all the leaves off the plant. You still get that translocation. So for most of us, yep, a little bit of frost near the top of the plant in the more northern areas, but lots of growers still have a firm white shank and translocation will continue. Things keep chugging along. And right now, the weather looks okay for the next little while. Hopefully, we make it to full black layer. Okay, I'm going to move on and talk quickly about that whole process. And last week's update, we had the caller who where he had two hybrids that did not dent. And I mentioned that all the high yield growers, they talk about the corn should never dent. Whoa, baby, Dave Hooker, Dr. Dave Hooker from Richtown Campus University of Guelph said, Johnson, stop, that's malarkey. And so from Liz Lee, she's the corn breeder at the University of Guelph. She says, uh-uh, can't happen. The hardness of the kernel is really determined by the protein matrix that holds the starch at the tip of that kernel. And if that protein matrix is a dent, then absolutely it's going to dent. You cannot power more photosynthate into a dent hybrid and make it not dent. It's genetically controlled cannot be done. So a great rant by Dave and Liz kind of straightening that out. What I will say is that sometimes those corn hybrids, because we do have that flint genetics, and sometimes that flint genetics seems to express itself more than other years. I think that's what you're seeing. Not 100% sure just why that is year to year. The other question that that grower call, asked was, how do we increase the photosynthate going into that kernel? How can we do that? And man, I wish we knew that answer. If we could do that, we could get higher test weights. The best I can tell you is it's all about plant health. The healthier the plant is and you get the right weather, then that's why we get big kernels. Keep a healthy plant through soil health, through just general plant health, fungicides add as well. That's the way you get that increase in photosynthate, but it's still not going to prevent those kernels from denting. 
despite everything that we might hear from high-yield growers. Last, on dawn accumulation, the gibberella in the corn crop, we are seeing some. It's at much lower levels than it was last year. It looks like it's in isolated areas, uh, some particular hybrids out there. More than I thought we would have, or more than I hoped we would have, nothing like last year. But interestingly enough, John from Alltech sent me an email, and in corn silage, we're, we're seeing a bit of, of dawn in the corn silage crop but realistically not high levels and one of the things in that write-up that John had was that the dawn levels in the corn crop really don't seem to be problematic unless the corn gets fairly dry which really means it stayed in the field longer if you have hybrids where you're seeing gibberella growth as soon as you can get them out of the field i know that's tough this year in the silage world john has seen far higher concerns with dawn levels when you go over 36 percent dry matter or it's said another way that's under 64 percent moisture and again i think it's related to how long it stays in the field Get it out of the field if you can at all. All right, need to move quickly into the wheat crop. And first, I've had like 27,000 calls on wheat seeding rates, pretty much. Unless you're in the deep southwest part of Ontario, now we're mid-October, you're in that 1.8 million seeds per acre. If you're on heavy clay, you're in that 2, 2.1 million seeds per acre. You can go up from there if we get later, but man, it just gets, the seed gets too expensive. So we're sort of at maximum seeding rate pretty much now another caller asking about sulfur on wheat winter wheat in the fall no sulfur is a bit like nitrogen we don't see response to nitrogen on winter wheat in the fall and so i don't think we see a sulfur response in the fall shane and i did some data on that we didn't find any response so at this point i think just put on your liquid starter without sulfur I just have no data whatsoever to support a response to sulfur applied on winter wheat in the fall. Meanwhile, Chad saying, hey, Peter, people asked about corn into winter wheat as opposed to corn into rye. Well, neighbor kitty corner to me planted some no-till corn into some very tall winter wheat. And man, it looks like he hit a home run this year. The corn looks awesome. Well, that's great, Chad. And I hope that's true. However, what's the big problem with that? There's no side-by-side comparison. Plots, we need plot data. And on that note, a different Peter, not me, tweeted out, does anyone have any data on the carbon-aided products? And if there's plot data, please, you know, send it to me. So, again, make sure that you send plot data into me, whether it's pjohnson at realagriculture.com. You can tweet me. You can leave it in the voicemail system attached. And please, if there's no yield difference, it's still important information. And so send that in too. Too many times people will say, ah, no yield difference. No use talking about that. It's worth talking about that. Okay. On that note, Barry doing some awesome plots, sent me an email with winter wheat into different cover crop mixes. I'm really looking forward to that data. He had three different questions frost seeded oats next spring into terminated oat pea radish and the answer there is yep i think that's okay the oats aren't going to go to head this fall you're going to use starter fertilizer and fungicides however anytime you plant a crop after itself there's an automatic 10 percent yield reduction now barry i don't think you have a lot of oats in the rotation so i don't think it's a big problem from that standpoint and i think that 10 percent might be less because of that and the oats are in a cover crop blend but 
that is one of those things you do have to worry about. Next question, frost seed buckwheat next spring and then double crop soybeans after you harvest the buckwheat for seed. Oh, March seeded buckwheat, I doubt will work. Remember, buckwheat itself doesn't germinate until May in that early spring because it's not that frost tolerant in that early growing. I think frost seeded buckwheat will fail and I think that your double crop soybeans by the time the buckwheat uh, survives just isn't going to work. Last question. What about not terminating my oat pea radish cover crop? I'm going to strip till it and then I plant corn into that next spring. So I think that's all good except the volunteer wheat. There I think you have a volunteer wheat problem and that volunteer wheat can be really tough to deal with next spring. It gets matted, the roots, it just becomes a bit of an issue. I'm not worried about the oats, the peas, the radish, but volunteer wheat would be my concern if you don't terminate that that cover crop. Jack, you asked about oilseed radish, sweet clover and ryegrass. You put manure on it, you've got an amazing Amazing crop. The, the oilseed radish, you know, up to mid thigh. And uh, someone said you got to kill that oilseed radish this fall with 2,4 D, and you want to go out and just cultivate twice next spring and plant corn. Oh gosh, I, the oilseed radish doesn't bother me. It's the ryegrass. If that is annual ryegrass in the spring, it is incredibly hard to kill. You want to have a good corn crop next year, just terminate it this fall and maybe leave a little strip to play with. But annual ryegrass in the spring, ugh, it's just been an absolute tough one to deal with, 20 bushel yield hit, and you won't be able to cultivate through those root balls either, so you want to cultivate it, terminate everything this fall. Dang, look at that, I am out of time yet again. Manure will have to wait until next week. On behalf of the team here at realagriculture.com, this is Wheat Pete with the word for Wednesday, October the 9th. Keep those questions coming so I have tons of stuff to talk about next week, which is exactly what I will do next Wednesday. Talk to you then. 